Hello, everybody, and welcome to Locked on Flames. I'm your host, Jess Belmosto. The Montreal Canadiens uh, have their fourth win of the season over the Calgary Flames after defeating them 4-2 to in regulation, and we have a lot to unpack this evening, so let's jump right into it. Locked On Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into Locked On Flames today. Uh, If I sound a little winded, it's because I just recorded this entire episode and did not get a single ounce of audio, except the intro music that you hear just just before this. So um, we're going to we're, we're centering ourselves and uh, jumping back into this. OK, we're, we're doing this. <laughs> uh, the Flames kicked off a road trip this evening in Montreal, just about 45 minutes north of me. But I couldn't be there because I don't have a passport. <laughs> Um, crossing the border right now is a little, little, little crazy, a little hectic. Um, but <laughs> I did write a pregame uh, report this morning about you know things to look for, and <sighs> I had a players to watch segment, and Andrew Mangiapane was on there as well as Nick Suzuki, and both players had phenomenal games tonight. Uh, Mangiapane netted his ninth goal of the season. And that puts him to the top of the Flames leaderboard for goals. Nick Suzuki went into tonight with 14 points. And he was an absolute menace when he had the puck. He was just shooting nonstop. And it was quite aggravating. But you know what? I would be very happy if I had Nick Suzuki on my team. <laughs> uh, we just we One thing we need to talk about, though, is... That odd sequence in the second period, okay? I, I, like, I can't talk about anything else besides, like, before we get into this, okay? Uh, When it happened, I knew that this was going to be one of the first, if not the first things I talked about on the show. (sighs) Because of how outrageous it was. Um, So, I I don't even know. So, the Flames were up two to one, and then... The uh, the Habs scored, tying it up, and then Goodbranson cross checks Gallagher in the neck, and then Goodbranson takes a late hit from to Tyler Toffoli, which was deserved, and then Chris Tanner grabs who he thought was Toffoli. Excuse me, who he thought was Toffoli, and then um, starts swinging at him and. Um, you know, just really great stuff, and none of the none of this is called for a penalty. Okay, like there's no cross check call, there's no late hit call, there's no five for fighting call. There's none of it. None of it happens, and I like I just it was unfolding, and it just felt like. Have you ever put like Mentos in a soda bottle? Uh, we did this in science class and just kind of like starts exploding um, and because it's a chemical reaction. That's just how it felt. It just felt like 
when you shake up a soda bottle and just crack it open, you're like, ah, just everything was just happening at once. And there, there was too much happening. <laughs> and, um, I just, good Branson has been fine this season. I think that he's played better than expected. And I, I appreciate that. And I'm sure everyone else does, but when he goes out there and decides to uh, try to decapitate someone, you, you you have to like look at him and say, "What what's wrong with you?" And is there going to be supplemental discipline for that? Especially because the league has decided that they want to crock crock down <laughs> crack down on cross checks. And I wouldn't be surprised if he does get a get a fine because you can't do. First of all, like cross checking someone in the back is a very different story than cross checking them like in the throat or like the neck um you know obviously neither is good but you don't you don't really have like protection up here or like back here um just be smarter the flames were very emotional tonight and we're going to talk about that in the next segment but you know that second period was just it was a lot it was heavy it was emotional it was fast it was intense and the flames just couldn't capitalize and Coming up next, we are going to talk about that and just kind of what needs to happen for that full 60 minutes to be played. But first, let's talk about BetOnline AG. BetOnline AG is not a hot mess like your favorite hockey team. So head on over to BetOnline AG today and sign up for your free account and start betting on some sports and bringing home some money. Of course, you can do this with a 50% welcome bonus when you use promo code locked on. So go bet on your favorite sports teams. You know, football is in full swing, basketball, full swing, hockey, full swing, college football, full swing, playoffs. I cannot believe it. Playoff and like bowls are next month. And, uh, you know, Bet Online AG is there for you. So head on over to Bet Online AG today, sign up for a free account. Make your first deposit and use promo code locked fi- locked on for a fifty percent welcome bonus. That's promo code locked on for a fifty percent welcome bonus. Thank you so much for listening to Locked On Flames and making us your first listen of the day. And of course, you can find me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is on the screen at Jess Belmosto. Or if you're listening, hi, thanks for tuning in, and uh, still find me at Jess Belmosto. The line switched today, okay? And this was originally what I was going to start the show with because it make, it just makes more cohesive sense, but then the flames got all chaotic. And um, I just, like, it was not, <laughs> it couldn't be the first thing talked about. So the, the line switched today, all right? Monaghan was moved from 4C to 2C back to his home. And I, initially, I felt some type of way about it because I was just, like, why are you moving someone who is, like, doing well down there, you know? Obviously, like, you got to give them the chance to do better and to succeed in that top six role. But at the same time, um, you know, centering uh, Lucic has been beneficial. And uh, his line mates were Mangiapani, who I mentioned now leads the team in goals with nine, and Blake Coleman. And I think that this was a fantastic line tonight. I think that Blake Coleman 
uh, did kind of struggle when he took the penalty, but that defensive play that he took the penalty on was great. I thought that he had a great shift. It's unfortunate, but I I knew it. As soon as he went down the corner, I knew that there was going to be a call. Um, but he looked good. I'm not going to sit here and nitpick everything. And Dylan Dubé was back on the wing tonight. Um, we're doing this weird temporary Dubé at center thing. I thought we were just only experimenting with that for the Jack Eichel trade. But who knows? Okay, who knows? Um <laughs> Mangiapane scored, like I've mentioned, like 87 times in this podcast. Uh, Michael Backlund had a goal tonight, which was – I love to see that. I think that he is another great 200-foot player um, on this team. I think this team is filled with a lot of forwards who just thrive in that 200-foot, you know, two-way – two-way – forward situation I think it's great to see and I love to see it especially from Backland I mean you know he has been talked um talked about and considered for captaincy and things like that and you know him kind of sliding through the lineup is you know obviously you love to see it all right I'm not gonna sit here again and nitpick every single thing that goes down in the lineup because we're gonna we're gonna take the good when we can. And I think after two straight losses, you kind of have to like start, you know, really appreciating the good. But one thing I wanted to touch on is the fact that this team is coming alive during the second period, because it was like just last week when this team made the second period, the most miserable 20 minutes of hockey in like on the planet, because I don't know what it is. I don't know what it was. But they just could not do anything. It was slow. It was boring. Was There were no emotions there. And they have done a complete 180. And they're emotional. They're fighting. They're shooting the puck. They're drawing penalties. They're fast. Like, they're skating fast. And no offense, but, like, I, you can go back and listen to my first season covering this team. And, I like, they looked like a beer league team. Now they actually look like a professional hockey team. And um, I would like to thank Daryl Sutter for that. Um, But I mean, doing all that is great, but you need to be able to play a full 60 minutes of hockey. It's that that simple. And I would rather than play at 80% in the second period to push through and then get that extra 20% to get them through the third period. They have been collapsing in the third period, and it's just, it's not easy to watch. And, you know, uh, they had, they let up three goals against the Sharks in the third period on Tuesday. They let up uh, two to um, the Habs tonight, and it's just not, it's frustrating and there's like there was a little bit of regression against San Jose and then I feel like we saw the same thing tonight against the Canadians and I don't think it was like a bigger step back I just think that it was um not it just wasn't pretty it wasn't pretty hockey and it wasn't the flames that we're kind of used to and I'm I'm hoping that they <laughs> they figure out a way to get it together because this team has a true chance of a successful season if they figure out a way to push through a 60-minute game. And 
you know what? Maybe they are tired, okay? I don't blame them. They just had a really good run. But, you know, they play Toronto tomorrow night. Um, second half of a back-to-back. Let me look up real quick. Uh, I don't think... I don't think the Leafs have played much. Okay, how can I see? Okay. Um, yeah, they played Wednesday. So they've had... Thursday off so they'll so Friday yeah and that I'm sorry but that's that's hard and did they lose I think they lost no they won I just can't read apparently uh the flames are going up against a very competitive team in the Atlantic division and you know it's not easy to play defense against players like Austin Matthews and John Tavares I think that I just I don't like praising Toronto, okay? It it is just not something that comes naturally for me and not something that my brain can just like like I can say, "Oh yeah, you know, I really like how um uh Sebastian Aho um plays hockey. You know, I think he's a great goal scorer. I think he's fantastic. Um, you know, that I can't say anything naturally like that about the Maple Leafs. I can't. Um, I think that obviously Austin Matthews is a good uh, hockey player and, you know, he's just not an easy hockey player to go up against. And I think things are going to look a little mismatched. Um, I think our defense will be okay, um, like in comparison to their defense. (laughs) But, you know, uh, does Markstrom get the night off or is he going to say, no, I'm going against Toronto? I think it would be fair to put Vladar in. I I just, I don't know how much you want to risk um, and how much ground you want to lose um, in on this road trip. Are they in a little bit of a safety net because they did have that point streak? Sure. It, yeah. I mean, I would consider so. But you don't want to have to rely on that streak for too long. You don't want to have to always be making up ground. You want to be gaining ground. <laughs> and that's not something that, like, I have to explain to you guys because you, you're you pretty smart. <laughs> and uh, then, so they have Saturday off, and then they play the Ottawa Senators on Sunday, which will be interesting. I talked about it on uh, Wednesday's episode uh, regarding, you know, is, is are Brady and Matthew going to stretch together? Are... Um, you know, because last season Matthew was told not to stretch with his brother anymore. And this is more than likely his first time seeing Brady since the captain's announcement. And I think it would be fair for them to stretch together and, um, you know, do that. <laughs> Pre-game rituals. But whatever. I- I'm not the coach. I don't make decisions. So we'll have to keep an eye on that as well. And... Gosh darn it, I just hope the Flames can just walk away with a point tomorrow. Um, I I don't know. I'm very concerned. I'm very, (laughs) I don't know. I'm hoping that, I'm hoping that Daryl Sutter can figure out um, a way to tweak the minutes or uh, the shift, the timing of shifts in the second period so these guys have enough gas left in their tank to keep pushing for the final frame of hockey. Um, 
Coming up next, we are going to talk about, uh, we're going to shift gears a little bit. I'm just throwing out a content warning right now. Um, We are going to be talking about the Chicago hockey team situation and um, some of the latest reportings from their legal team and their incompetencies. So uh, just as a heads up for that, if you want to tune out now, I completely understand. Um, It is almost midnight when I'm recording, so if you are like me, you'll probably be listening to the Taylor Swift red version, uh, or red Taylor's version re-recordings, um, soon. So if you are a Taylor Swift fan, or, uh, if you have a favorite song in general, um, your homework assignment is to leave it in the comments on this podcast, leave it in a review on Apple iTunes with a five-star rating, or tweet it to me, at JessBelmosto. But yes, if you're tuning out, I completely understand, and I will see you next time. All right, so before we jump into this, um, this is just a reminder to subscribe to Locked on Flames wherever you get your podcasts, um, on YouTube. Spotify, Audible, which is nuts to me, Uh, Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. We're here, YouTube as well, obviously. Um, But this came out while I was watching the game, and I almost threw... um, threw my phone across the room because I was very, very upset. Um, (laughs) The Chicago Blackhawks legal team is just, these are people, these are the reasons why people say lawyers don't have a soul. It's because of lawyers like this. So Rick Westhead tweeted, a lawyer for the Chicago Blackhawks today wrote to Kyle Beach's attorney, to say the team is refusing to make a settlement offer because the sides have their, quote, very different views, unquote, on what would constitute a fair resolution on this lawsuit. The NHL team wants to retain a mediator. Um, Personally, I think that the only fair thing you can do is just, like, abolish the team and also give Kyle Beach every penny that has been made since his departure. But anyways, um, in a second letter regarding John Doe 2, the Blackhawks attorney wrote that while the team will provide therapy for him, the team wants to review his medical records, school transcripts, and income records before it can understand how the assault by Brad Aldrich impacted his life. Um... <laughs> I hate lawyers with a passion. Um, Okay, so to start, um, (laughs) Kyle Beach um, should, is entitled to every, every penny that the Blackhawks have made in their entire existence. Um, And John Doe, John Doe too would not have to be, uh, he wouldn't have been assaulted had the Blackhawks not given him, specifically Joel Quinville, a glowing recommendation uh, to be hired at this high school and to go on and assault a 16-year-old. So um, they want to review these. If you're wondering like why 
they want to look at like his income and his school records. It's because they want to see let's start with the school transcripts. Okay. School transcripts, because they're going to say like, oh, did he fail a class? Like was, was he impacted enough that his grades were failing and his mental health was maybe getting in the way of his success at school? I'm going to tell you right now, it doesn't, it doesn't work like that for everyone. Some people are just uh, naturally good at school, regardless of what's going on. Um, I know for me personally, um, I wasn't in school after my attack, but I know that like I was in survival mode, but I was, I was thriving. I was doing so well. Um, and they want to look at his income. I would imagine to see like if he was going to therapy, if he was, um, maybe self-medicating, uh, spending money. Like if there's, there was a change in his spending habits, maybe, Again, not uh, this kid was 16 years old. I don't know about you, but I did not even have a debit card when I was 16. I got one when I was 18. And <laughs> I just, I don't know how much money he's going to have access to. And, um, you know, your financial records at 16 are a lot different than when you are a grown adult. Um, I know, like, when you, based on, cases I've looked into, they look for irrational spending. You know, like you getting gas and your coffee is not like there's patterns in your bank statements. And, you know, like this one, like $500 charge um, for an expensive item or, you know, um, maybe they'll look at his phone records to see if he called like hotlines. I, I don't know. I truthfully don't know. And it makes me so angry that I have to even sit here and speculate because, again, this child was 16 years old and he is, (laughs) ah, he should take this team for every gosh darn penny that they are worth. Because, again, his attack would not have have happened if the Blackhawks followed the reporting protocol, reporting a freaking sexual assault against one of their players to the league and have been like, whoa, this is awful. Um, you know, don't don't hire this guy. Fire him immediately. I don't care if we're in the middle of a Stanley Cup run. Get rid of him. It's just so frustrating because it does not make any sense to me why, like, how you can sit here and say, um... You know, we, we need to make sure that this took, like, a big enough toll on him. He was 16. Did you not watch his mother's interview on TSN? I, he blames himself. He has he had no self-confidence, no self-worth. I guarantee you he still deals with trauma. And then you have, like, Kyle Beach, who the poor guy blames himself for everything that happened. And it's, just, it's sickening. And I, I just... I talked more about this on the national show because I just, I didn't want to overwhelm you all with uh, coverage on this, but it is just so sickening to watch all of this continue to unfold. I And, you know, I know people say things like, oh, well, like they just want money. That's why they came forward. They are entitled to the whole world. If they, tru- 
after that, you know, you as an organization, your lawyers, you say, we done messed up. We own that. I'm, I'm sorry. They're clearly not sorry, by the way. And you sit there and you, they can give you a mile long list and you meet every single one of their needs. And if they say they want an eight pack of blueberry muffins, you go out and get them a freaking 12 pack. Cause you know why? Cause you messed up and you owe it to them. You should be kissing their feet and apologizing and doing a lot more than paying for their therapy. You should be paying for every single thing that has transpired because of this, you know, doctor's appointments, therapy, um, medication, because guarantee you they're probably on medication for PTSD and, you know, nightmares and things like that because shit's heavy. I'm sorry. I don't like swearing on the show, but things, this is heavy and it's not something that most people can just deal with and like, you know, write it off. There's a lot that goes into healing and my heart goes out to them anyone else who has been a victim of a violent crime, I just, I, oh, it makes me so angry. This podcast is not the place for me to dive into, um, you know, law and legal things, but, um, I'm always up for those kind of conversations on Twitter, you know, shoot me a DM, we can talk, um, but thank you all so much for tuning into today's episode of Locked on Flames. I'm Jess Belmosto, and I will catch you all later for a preview of uh, back-to-back against Toronto. Bye-bye.